On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we're going to discuss what individual players for the Birds in 2023 could be up for some big-time awards next season. All that and more on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Wednesday edition of the show. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday for making us your first listen of the day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri continuing another week of shows right now in OTAs, voluntary portions of practice at the NovaCare Complex training camp in what you know now we're a little under two months away mm-hmm. yeah we're getting to that part of the schedule where not much is going to happen but at the yep. same time a lot is going to happen because these teams have 90 guys right and they're still filling roster spots and yep. then it turns over in the blink of an eye i mean once we get to training camp once those cutdowns happen you're gonna have a whole overhaul of roster spots but for the philadelphia eagles lou I think it's evident that at the top, there are some guys that should have huge seasons to the point where you're saying, can these Eagles have multiple individual award winners as well as lifting a Lombardi at the end of this year? Absolutely. That's a great point. And, Gino, last year, crazy enough, considering it was the best team in franchise history, I think, even over the Super Bowl 52 team, they didn't have a single player win an individual award. Jalen Hurts was second in MVP voting. Um, no rookies of the year because they are all basically red-shirted. I think Hassan Reddick should have won Defensive Player of the Year. He was a candidate, but of course he doesn't win it. I think he again should have, but he didn't. So yeah, they didn't have a single guy win. I mean, talk about complete team effort for sure, but I, I think it was not justified. I mean, they definitely had a lot of players that deserved an award. Brandon Graham should have won Comeback, Comeback Player of the Year yeah, without dude, a doubt. Great, I mean, he totally should have won it. How do you look at him and winning that Super Bowl and then he tears yeah. his Achilles to where he's off the field 34, for an entire rotational year. piece, like fewer fewest snaps in his career, but he has the most sacks of his career and the highest pass rushing numbers per PFF. Again, he wasn't flashy. He's not Saquon Barkley. Yeah. That's the only reason he didn't win it. Exactly. That that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. And it would be nice, Lou, that if for one season the guy could stay on the field. I'm talking about your quarterback, the guy that could potentially win the MVP to really solidify that they have arguably have had two of the top six seasons in the history of the NFL, let alone the Philadelphia Eagles that got cut short by injury. Because if Jalen Hurts plays Lou every single game, he should, he surpasses 4,000 yards in the air. Mm -hmm. He's going to be over a thousand yards on the ground, 5,000 yards, all purpose. You're saying that his offensive line is going to be, as good as it was last year. The pass-catching options should take an increase with the pass-catching running back now and a little bit more depth. That's the floor for what he had last year. That's the floor for me. And if his floor is an MVP every year, that's crazy. But if my thing is, I think he should definitely be a finalist this year again. And I think he's only going to get better. And the NFL, a lot of the times, you know, they kind of do it by turns, right? I mean, in most sports, sometimes it's not always truly who the MVP is. I mean, you even look at the NBA. Like this year, was Joel Embiid a top four player, no. top three player? For sure. Well, I, I think he was in the regular season. But 
it really more felt like his turn. Was he the MVP over Jokic? Sorry, Sixers fans. I actually don't think so, and we're seeing that now in the playoffs. So in that way, Jalen Hurts will definitely be up for the award for years to come. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, man, if he didn't win it last year, I mean, that's the greatest season, I think, from an individual quarterback in Eagles history. I mean, he'll definitely be up for it this year, but last year was just insane. And I hope that the reason they picked Mahomes over him wasn't because of the injury, because missing like one or two meaningless games at the end of the year, just, I don't know, that shouldn't have been a big enough factor. Well, go back to the Carson Wentz discussion back in 2017. I mean, I think he should have won the MVP. That was just another season from Tom Brady, right? And I'm at that point with Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes has to one-up himself. So, like, if you miss a few games, you're just not allowed to be MVP? I mean, Wentz and Hurts kind of got screwed in that way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's keep these guys on the field to see what the one-to-one matchup would the one-to-one voting there really is no blueprint i guess i don't know no there there isn't and just like comeback player of the year right like there's no defined guidelines to what exactly wins said award but if you're looking at jalen hurts and what he did last year as the floor right lou that should be all day every day mvp candidate Day in, day out, season in. Oh, if he has seasons like that every year, he's absolutely Now, the thing that's going to have to change, though, Lou, is as he evolves, how do those numbers change? Because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be those 1,000-yard rush seasons for 10 more years, right? But I will say the reputation will start to build more. Like Patrick Mahomes last year had an incredible year, but was – I mean, sometimes, you know – star players don't have their best year statistically, but once that reputation builds up, sometimes they win the MVP in the year that maybe they, it wasn't their career best. So even if last year, honestly, I think was more the ceiling, you know, I don't know how you could do much better than that. So even if you have a hurt season, that's a little bit worse each year is different. The quarterback performances is different. If he continues to be an elite quarterback every single year and they're a Super Bowl contender, he'll, you know, eventually people will want to give him that award. Again, and, there's a turns part of this, I think, too. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And and the part about that that I was focusing on saying if that is yeah. the floor. And if it's sure, not sure. the floor, then I don't think you can give him the MVP award. Because if he didn't win it last year with what he did, with not just the record for the Philadelphia Eagles, but the records that he broke in terms of quarterback production, if he goes above that, he yeah. should 100% win the MVP award. And mm. if he doesn't, then there's seriously some behind the scenes things we have to look at. Right. But if he goes down, then we're saying we can compare every season going forward to 2022, because that's what it was with Carson Wentz, right? It was every season was compared to 2017. And I like what you said that maybe it is like the reputation in every year that a guy wins it, it might not be his best year. That was 2017 yeah. Tom and 2022 Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, That's Pat Mahomes saying. wins yeah. the Super Bowl, and he had a great season. But statistically, that wasn't Pat Mahomes' best year. And even right. on-field production-wise, I don't think it was Pat Mahomes' best year. But you're right, Lou. There's so many other things, that political factor. And sometimes you don't even know what the variables are. Right. Because every voter thinks completely different. So Who was it from a... Uh, Mark Jackson that left Jokic off of his top 10 votes. That's what I'm saying, man. And, so, you yeah, know, this is it's a flawed system. With it. It's absolutely a flawed system. And then the injuries, how much a few games factors in, mm-hmm. it just goes to show it's not the end all be all. But I think Jalen Hurts will definitely be a finalist this year. As you mentioned, the offense is just as good as if not better. Hurts is not a player that I think will regress like some mm-hmm. other MVP candidates have. And so I think he'll definitely be a finalist. 
Absolutely. I think over under his all purpose yards from last year in 2023. More than more or less than last year? More or less than last year. I'll say more. The passing yards go up. Maybe rushing decreases a little bit, but not by much. And I don't think he misses as many games this year. That might be the ultimate saving grace to the long-term discussion of Jalen Hurts. Because if those passing yards can go up, Lou. I think they absolutely can. I'm firmly confident that he can evolve his style of play to be in that category. And passing touchdowns might go up. Mm -hmm. Less interceptions if if you're getting that number of passing touchdowns and passing completions, keeping that number low, right? Like the end years of Drew Brees where he's throwing these gaudy 5,000-yard seasons. Right? Could Jalen Hurts eventually get there, man? With the Eagles' offense the way it is, 5,000 all-purpose is where I start with him. Yeah, I agree. And that's a fun ceiling to think about for sure. Jalen Hurts will definitely be up in the MVP discussion in 2023. What other individual players for the birds could be up for awards next year? We'll continue to get into that discussion coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagle podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Got the conference finals right now going on in the East, at least. It's 3-1. to one. The Heat gave one up to Boston. Are you going to bet on the Celtics to run the table? I'm not. I'm banking on Jimmy Butler, who I was very wrong about. The Nuggets sweep the Lakers. They're in the NBA finals. You can bet on everything in the NBA, but not just the NBA, the NHL. Just bet the, the Heat to beat the Celtics tomorrow. Yes, while we're talking. We're, we're talking individual individual awards today. You can bet on those futures at the NFL at FanDuel right now. New customers getting no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. It's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel is amazing. Great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action going on right now than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the LockedOn Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday for making us a part of your week. Every morning, every night, whenever you listen, we always appreciate it. Even right now, May 24th, still talking birds all year round. And, you know, today's theme for the show, we're talking individual awards. Segment one, we kind of discussed what the MVP path could look like for Jalen Hurts, not just this year, but long term as well. I don't think it's just Jalen, though, that will be up for individual awards this year, man. I think you could talk about Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Mm -hmm. Player. I think Rookie of the Year, you have a better shot this year than you did last year. I think there's bigger roles for guys like Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Sidney Brown. We actually discussed that on the show after the draft. Comeback Player, there are some candidates. So um, there are definitely some names that come to mind. I look at every award outside of Offensive Rookie of the Year because I don't see Tyler Steen winning Offensive Rookie of the Year or them having a Travis Fulgham-like season out of any of the UDFA wide receivers that they got. But when you look at their rookie class now currently on the defensive side of the ball, Lou, the path to getting playing time, to get eyes, to get production, to get those votes – is much clearer this year than it was last year because yeah. you look at Jordan Davis, there's a log jam on the interior of the defensive line. And just the style year. of his play, he was exactly. never going to win that award. Jalen Carter now steps in there after Javon Hargrave and Dominican Sue, Linball Joseph are all gone, arguably yeah. the second best defensive lineman on the team when it comes to rushing the passer from the interior. Then on the outside, you have Nolan Smith, who might just be that sack type of 
what is that sack vulture is the word that i'm looking for right like he's in there and he cleans up like the guy who was it last year that all of his touchdowns for jamal williams Williams were like a yard (laughs) out right like that could be nolan smith realistically that all of his sacks come after 13 seconds basically yeah sack assists or after three seconds of play he's chasing down the guy to the other side of the field and sydney brown could come out there and truly would you be shocked I, i mean it would be shocking to see yeah. But could there be a a realm of possibility that Sidney Brown has the most interceptions for this Eagles? Well, that's what I was going to say. Right side of, or in the right place at the right time. We we had this discussion after the draft, and I actually made the case for Sidney Brown over Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith because he's playing in front of I think the best trio of corners in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You saw Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I don't want to say he was a product of a system. All six interceptions. Some of those picks he made were banana land. I mean, Mm -hmm. the diving pick against Dallas, the one where he comes all the way across the field against Washington in the red zone, jump ball against Arizona. Like CGJ made some insane plays last year. But at the same time, when you're playing in front of those three guys and this pass rush, there's going to be loose balls, tip balls up in the air, some great plays from your corners that are going to allow you to make plays on the football in the turnover margin. So I think Sidney Brown, yeah, if he gets four to five interceptions, would you be surprised? And he's this year's Tariq Woolen? Not at all. And and I totally get your point about Nolan Smith. I would honestly say, though, like Jalen Carter probably would be the favorite of those three right now to win it because you look at Fletcher Cox is older. I think his snaps will only continue to decrease. Jordan Davis still, we're not sure what he can be as a pass rusher, how many snaps he's going to play this year. Milton Williams has been a good rotational piece, but still has a questionable ceiling. Jalen Carter could be your Javon Hargrave this year. He's a big name, a top pick. So I think this year you have a way better chance with those three guys to win rookie of the year compared to what you had last year. And it's not even close. And at impactful positions too, right? Yeah, it, exactly. Positions that could win it. Cause you, you know, Nicobe Dean maybe could have won it, but like Cam Jurgens was never going to win it. He's a guard. Right. Center. And not every rookie cornerback is a Tariq Woolen or a sauce Gardner, right? A right. lot of the times right. it takes that position a couple years to really get their feet. Most under of the them. time rookies of the year are defensive linemen, do you know? Right. right? Because they can Sex. come, they can come in and they can clean up the mess that was already yes. left by the defensive line last year. And they just needed mm-hmm. somebody else to put on the movie theater employee shirt and mop up the popcorn after the yeah. movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be what I see in Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. But at the same time, if Jalen can play to the blue chip ability that Jalen has and what everybody discussed mm-hmm. as a reason why he could potentially be a top three pick, Lou, why wouldn't you believe that he could do this? I, I truly believe that Jalen Carter could hit double-digit sacks as a rookie. If he plays as many snaps I as I expect him to, they don't bring in other veterans that will take away snaps from him. Like Sue or Linval again, yeah. Right. Fletcher Cox is on a, a good balance, 50 on, 50 mm-hmm. off. Jaylen yeah, because look at all the man. snaps you lost from Hargrave last year yeah. and Sue and Linval Joseph. Smith like, is yes. in, a, in a log jam there. I mean, it makes sense. He'll still be on the field, but he, yeah. he's not going to be on the field as much as Jalen Carter is. And Sidney Brown yeah. is potentially going to be the one guy who plays 100% of the snaps. For this in the spots where work. you can make plays mm-hmm. on the ball, whereas Edmonds, not to say Edmonds and Blankenship are suddenly going to be like linebackers, but they're more of your prototypical traditional. It's more their fit. Box safe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They definitely fit that style way more. And Sidney Brown's just a better athlete that can make more plays on the ball Much. when he's in that position versus those guys. It's not just Rookie of the Year, though, Gino, or MVP. You could say Defensive Player of the Year. Hassan Reddick, I think, absolutely should have won it last year. What, 16 and a half sacks 
in the regular season, three more in the playoffs, including the one that knocked out Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game to send you to the Super Bowl. The amount of clutch plays he made in the fourth quarter, he was dropping back in coverage. Hassan Riddick should absolutely be a finalist this year. And again, the fact that he didn't win it last year, I think is nuts. Here's a question for you because I yeah. believe that Hassan's the number one there as well, right? I mean, yeah. you expect him to come in here and once over again... Over Parsons, man. He was better than Parsons last year. Our friends over at Lockdown Cowboys and a lot of other people don't want to hear the truth, but hey, it's that fine. might be so the truth care. for you folks. That That's what we do here at Lockdown Eagles. If you had to take Hassan Riddick out of the equation, though, Lou, what of the field, mm. what player would you pick that the Eagles could potentially sneak into that discussion of defensive player of the year. Because if it's anything on par with what they had last year, you could have thrown Javon Hargrave in that discussion. Yeah. As well as Hassan Riddick. Who is that Javon Hargrave in this conversation this Josh year? Josh Sweat, probably. I dude, I, I was gonna say that and I didn't yeah. want to seem too audacious with that. Outside that of name value, and, he's one of the most efficient edge rushers in the league. One of the best get, get offs. Twelve consistently sacks, now, yeah, gonna be in the double digit sacks. sacks. Yeah, 100%. I think it should be Josh Sweat. It could be Darius Slay or Bradbury. But I was going to say, what if Slay goes for yeah. eight interceptions this year, shutting down yeah. that entire wide receiver right. core that is going to come I just, Philadelphia? Defensive linemen just have such an easier path that I would probably Much. bet. If it would, it would, Slay would be a finalist for sure. Um, one of the top guys I would think of. But if I was putting my money on one guy that's not Hassan Riddick, it's probably Josh Sweat. And then Gino. We could talk comeback player of the year. What if Rashad, I mean, I think DeAndre Swift probably leads the team in snaps. What about comeback player of the year? Rashad Penny, the most efficient running back in the league the last two years when he's healthy, behind the best offensive line in football, next to one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the league. We already see the efficiency. We know the system now he's set up to play in. The talent is there. If he can stay healthy, Rashad Penny could win comeback player of the year. I mean, he's in a deep rotation in the backfield, and they're going to have him on a pitch count, I'm sure, to keep him healthy. But, again, if those efficiency numbers are back like they were, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. And it's a position that they'll actually give it to, unlike Brandon Graham. If he goes for a rack on the ground, like if yeah. he goes for 1,000 yards on the ground, you have Which to— Which he could. If he plays all 17 games, he's going to have You better believe that he could be in that conversation. And I was thinking yeah. about this, too, before the show, Lou, that we were going to talk about the offensive player of the year, right? That yeah. obviously the two wide receivers should be in that discussion. Yes. What if we take what we were just saying about Rashad Penny, apply it to DeAndre Swift on the ground, and also add in his pass-catching ability? Yeah, yeah. What if he has that— Christian McCaffrey-like season, not and if saying Penny's that he hurt, is. And, and Penny's off the, the field, and Kenny Gainwell takes yeah. a step back. And Boston he's just Scott fine. Is he's still, the way he, yeah. he's plateaus, right? And they need another pass catcher, and he comes out with 750 receiving yards somehow out of the yeah. backfield. And he has 750 on the ground, 1,500 all-purpose, and maybe even a little bit more than that with, let's say, an injured Rashad Penny. And yeah. you could switch out those variables as well. But if I had to say a dark horse, man, the running back tandem in Philadelphia, watch out. Because it's one of the least talked about positions right now, right? Everybody's talking about the Saquon Barkleys of the world. Everybody still loves those big names. And in reality, the teams that win big, important games have that rotation. They don't have the gaudy number paid running back you got a 1.2 million dollar Rashad Penny and a two and a half million dollar DeAndre Swift yeah and count me in to put some long shot money on those two Gino to wrap up the show let's actually stick to the running back position because you mentioned how 
Not a lot of people are probably focusing on this backfield with Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. They're good players, especially fantasy football players, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, like the stars of Saquon Barkley in this division, even Tony Pollard probably have the right. You know the headlines right now, mm-hmm. and and you know I think from a fantasy perspective too, I think people are probably going to overlook this backfield because they're going to want to avoid it because it's going to be very hard yes. to figure out is the Swift week, is it Penny week, is mm-hmm. it Kenny G week? It's the Giants week. Boston Scott, we have to you know, <laughs> yeah. you know we have to take into account Boston Scott against New York, but I feel like in this division I do wonder where this backfield is stacked up compared to the other three. I look at New York and. I know Saquon because it's a good division for running backs. It, it is. I don't. T- I take Saquon third out of all of them. Mm. I, I take Tony Pollard. I love Tony Pollard. Yeah, I Pollard one have there. No, I take what Philadelphia has in terms of depth. I would yeah, put Dallas the right, right there because on any given day, Tony Pollard could be better than any of the Eagles running backs by himself. But yes. as a whole, I think the as could Saquon. Yeah, as could Saquon as well. I just sit there and say, at least with Dallas, you have a semblance of a passing game that you can lean on. You know that's going to open up a lot for what Tony Pollard was over the last couple of years. In New York, look at what the Eagles did to Saquon Barkley in the last two matchups. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm just going to take him by himself. I take Tony Pollard. I take the rest of those guys that they have. They just drafted Vaughn out of Kansas State. They got Mm -hmm. a lot of young, speedy guys. They got rid of the old lumbering Ezekiel Elliott. Ryan Robinson and my guy from Memphis over there in Washington. I was going to say, I think Penny and Penny and Swift I'd rather have than Gibson and Robinson. For I sure. agree. I agree. And I then, would put him at slot receiver. If yeah. Being <laughs> I, yeah. And I, and I think you're right though. Like Saquon and Pollard in a vacuum are definitely better than any individual mm. running back. The Eagles have even Penny fully healthy. I'm still taking Pollard or Saquon. Right. Same thing with Deandre Swift, but yeah, from top to bottom, though, and when you also talk about money, because the Cowboys, I don't think they signed Pollard to an extension, right? They picked up the it's the tag. Yep. And then you look at Saquon's on the tag and probably will eventually get an extension. He mm-hmm. wants Christian McCaffrey money. So when you also combine or you look at the financial investment, too, Philadelphia is getting the most bang for their buck. So I think the Eagles have the best situation overall. Because they're spending Here, $3 million total between Swift and Penny. I mean, which is tell me what you would rather have. Okay. Yeah. Beyond Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard. This is what's behind Saquon. I couldn't even tell you who the second running back of the Giants is. Matt Breida. Paul Perkins still? No, I'm just kidding. Matt Breida. Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell, and Joshuan Corbin, who's definitely a creative player off of Madden. And then behind. Hold on. Go ahead. Back when we had a website, LockdownEagles.com, in 2018, when the Eagles had no running backs, I think I wrote like three articles about wanting Matt Breida to be RB1 <laughs> to trade for him. I'm in place. So then behind yeah. Tony Pollard, Lou, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Ronald Jones, and Rico Dowdle. I and then Hunter Lepke at fullback. The so. only one I knew was Ronald Jones. I like Rico one. Dowdle. Vaughn is okay, but... I take the Eagles four because on any yeah. given day, one of those guys has a chance to beat you, right? You take Tony Pollard out of the equation. You take Saquon Barkley out of the equation, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is going to happen, man. Running backs don't hold up as well as they used to, right? They're usually playing 13 to 15 in this in the 17 game schedule. Look at DeAndre yeah. Swift. Look at Miles Sanders. If you lose one of the Eagles running backs versus 
either of those three teams losing one of their guys, the right. top guy, that being who is going to win in because, spite you know, of those could, other guys. I mean, your fifth running back right now is a former third round pick in Trey Sermon. You could even let's Kennedy say Brooks is still in the raw in the yeah, let's say you probably took, be a two at either New York or, right. or Dallas. Let's say you take Penny and Swift away and Gainwell. You can win a game and probably run okay with Boston Scott and Trey Sermon. And your quarterback. That's what right. we have to and, add in as well. Well, that's the part, too. You have the quarterback in the offensive line. So, yeah, especially if you're just talking the entire running game, the Eagles have the advantage almost over anybody in the NFL. And the only one that I think is mm-hmm. probably close is Baltimore, and you could probably say San Francisco, or, you know, some of these teams that have elite rushing quarterbacks, too. You know, Chicago, I'm sure, will be in there as well. But, yeah, Philadelphia is up there. It's just interesting because this, this backfield is probably not going to get a lot of talk and especially with the offensive line and Jalen Hurts, they'll be seen as a product of this system. But they've got a lot of talent, and they're spending almost no money on it. So it's it's super exciting. I think this is the deepest backfield they've had since, I don't know, 2017 probably with Ajayi Blunt. Before and they got Ajayi, Clement. it wasn't deep at all. I mean, you right. were just running so I, I would probably say like playoff forward. run 2017 is probably the last time you had mm-hmm. three plus guys like this. Cause you had Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard back in 2019, but Boston Scott in or 2018, 2019, Jordan Howard was banged up um, early midway through the year. So it was really just Sanders and Boston Scott after that this year, they've got five guys that I actually mm-hmm. like. Yeah. That you have to go back to the days of Brian Westbrook and then Corral Buckhalter. And then yeah. beyond them, because even the McCoy years, guys. who was your, your RB two was never Brown. great. Bryce Deion Brown. Lewis before he figured out Deion how to play Lewis. football. Yeah. And he wasn't good yet. He wasn't good in Philly. Chris Polk was around uh, Ronnie Brown. That one terrible year. Chris that Polk might've been the best of that group. If we're being honest, Bryce Brown probably had the, the best games though. Remember the he had flash, those, those yeah. two games in 2012 during the nine game losing streak where he had back-to-back games with like 200 plus yards from scrimmage. But Chris Polk overall probably was the best of kick return wise. At least he had an impact too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was bad. Man. Days, it, it wasn't, man. it wasn't good at all. <laughs> no. And, and they have depth there and at a, a cost that is stomachable because yeah. I, I look at what you're paying Tony Pollard as good of a player as he is. No, no way. I can't, I can't fathom that. $10 million more for one guy than you are Swift and Penny. Exactly. Saquon Barkley too, as good as he is, man, you got to find a way to get out of that franchise tag on a running back at one of the positions, arguably the least valuable on offense. Yeah. You can't be paying numbers like that, but that's the thing about the Eagles, Lou. Howie Roseman, as much as he loves to shoot for the stars, he's still going to the Dollar Tree and finding those guys that are going to win big at the end of Controlled the day. Controlled aggression, man. That's I mean, Howie will swing big, but he likes to hit a single and a double too and stay mm-hmm. on base, right? To quote Moneyball, that's they right. get on base, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles for sure. I can't believe I just made a baseball <laughs> quote to end the show. I'm an anti-baseball guy. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well in video form. We're always talking birds on Twitter after the show at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football for Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.